Good morning, good afternoon, welcome back to another episode of the Coffee Sensory Podcast. And today, after talking about the different brewing parameters, the roast profiles, the storing, the freshness, uh, and the fermentation um, that affects your coffee flavor, we are going to dive in a little bit more into the varieties of coffee, of Arabica coffee, and, and learn more about how different coffee tree uh, may give different flavor. Uh, a little caveat, um, this is relevant only if you use the same process. Because we, we saw and we, uh, we learned last week that the fermentation has a huge impact on uh, the coffee quality. You can take a coffee and the way you, uh, you fermented, you can give it almost a very fruity cup, even if naturally it was more chocolatey and nutty. So this is really relevant if you take the same uh, approach in, uh, in the fermentation. And that's one of my projects. Um, I wish I will, uh, I hope I will soon release this year next um, the same farmer, work with the same farm, but two different micro lot in order to offer two different uh, varieties of, um, of Arabica. Speaking of which, let's start first with a little bit of taxonomy, a little bit of definition. And I'll, I'll be very simple. Coffee belongs to the family of Rubiacea. Uh, it's a coffee kind of family. And then you have the different genera. And that's really, um, really, really, uh, really important to, to understand. The family is Rubiacea. The genera is uh, coffea and then different, uh, different ones, including uh, different species. So after the genera coffea, you have different species, including Liberica that you'll find in the Southeast Asia. Um, Sanifora or Canifora, which is the kind of father of Robusta, and then Anthony and Eugene Reed, uh, which are the father of Arabica, found in Ethiopia. So Arabica, as you may, uh, may have learned, has been discovered in Ethiopia, so it's a, the Coffea Arabica uh, species is an Ethiopian uh, accession. And within a species, so within uh, Arabica, you have all those different uh, cultivar or varieties. What are the differences? Well, a cultivar is um, a different characteristic of the same species. So it's a stable plant that um, has been under the human uh, hands and changed land. So basically, if you take a plant from country A to country B, you'll have different cultivars. A variety is a legal definition of a tree naturally sort of muted and changed to give another, um, another, um, another different kind of tree. And when I say different, is based on two things, the genetics, the kind of DNA, and the phenotype. The phenotype is how the tree looks. And for a coffee tree to be validated as cultivar or variety, it needs to be stable. Stable meaning a consistent a yield of coffee fruit and quality. And hybrid is just, as you may, as you, 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 you will guess, a cross between species. And what we call sometimes F1, if you've ever seen F1 in, um, in, a, uh, in a coffee, coffee bag, F1 is the first uh, filial of um, the first kind of child, the first generation, that's the best, best word to use that, the first generation of a breed. 
Unfortunately, it's not stable. So if you take it, if you taste an F1, uh, it will take at least four or five generations for a new breed to be um, to be uh, to be stable and be called a different cultivar. All right. So after that, um, let's talk a little bit about history because we saw that history uh, had an impact on on this uh, cultivar and varieties because trees have been um, transported. So we were in Ethiopia, right? Ethiopia accessions. You have different, uh, different uh, varieties from that, uh, such as the uh, heirlooms, the geisha, the java, etc., etc. And then it went to Yemen. And uh, from Yemen, uh, it was given uh, to the Dutch king who planted in the colonies in Java, uh, which gave the Tipica uh, a variety. And, um, and the Dutch king gave a tree to the French king who planted in the Iranian island, who, who gave the Bourbon, um, the Bourbon uh, variety. And from that, then you have uh, a lot of different uh, cultivars and varieties that, um, that goes under uh, under those two, Tipica and Bourbon. But also the, um, the Ethiopian, uh, Ethiopian accession. So you have kind of the Ethiopian uh, on one side, the uh, Tipica and Bourbon, which are Yemeni accessions. So you have two different, uh, different accessions here, Ethiopians, Yemeni. And from Yemeni, you have Tipica and Bourbon. And also we will talk a little bit more about that this new one called Yemenia uh, that was be, has been just discovered in 2020, which is super exciting, but fortunately I haven't tasted yet. So let's talk a little bit about the uh, Ethiopian accessions and uh, how do they taste? Can we taste a difference really or, or, or not? So in the Ethiopians, you have um, the heirloom, which really give you that floral, um, stone fruit, peachy, and citrus fruit, uh, super, super, super citrusy and, and floral. You also have um, the Dega varieties, which is very, very similar, but with different kind of notes. Uh, geisha. Geisha is an Ethiopian uh, accession, and a geisha is almost like a Ethiopian on steroids. It's, it is super floral, super sweet, super fruity. And, uh, and super candy-like. That's why it, it's also a very, very high um, cup quality. It's also, it's also very, very susceptible to rust and, 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 phys and kind of uh, climate change. That's, why, that's what makes it quite uh, expensive as well. But those are the kind of uh, Arabica and Ethiopian uh, accessions. Um, you'll have this kind of Ethiopian-like taste, which is, once again, floral, jasmine-like, sometimes lavender, um, stone fruity, and citrus fruit a lot, a lot of citrus fruit. Now, let's go a little bit into Tipica. In Tipica, remember, it's a gift from Yemen to the Dutch who planted first in Java, possibly passed by India as well. Um, Tipica will really give you a... Um, a lot of sweetness, much more sweetness, um, and a lot of body with some floral characteristic. Because remember, from Ethiopia, it went to Yemen, 
and from Yemen, it went to, uh, to, uh, to Java. So you still have that floral characteristic of, a, of the Ethiopian coffee, but also a very high sweetness and body, which I guess is the impact of the soil maybe or the climate. I don't know. I haven't tasted it in the 18th century, so uh, I, w I, w I wouldn't know what what makes it um, well, so different. Potentially, I'm, I'm guessing part of the DNA of the Ethiopian uh, changed when it has planted. It was planted in in Yemen and then in in Java to give that characteristic. Bourbon. So bourbon, remember, is a typica planted in the Iranian island. Then taken in all over the world, um, especially in, in South America and Africa as well. Bourbon is like your classic sweet um, with some milk chocolatey, stone fruit, and very caramel. So it's like a step more into that, um, that, that brown flavors after Tipica. Uh, and that's where you can see that you are losing a little bit more the Ethiopian uh, heritage, uh, just a tad more with a little bit less uh, floral characteristic, but still a very fruity um, profile. Uh, we talk about the heirloom. Um, then you have from Bourbon um, the different SL, the SL28 and 34, which goes back to, um, to Africa. And uh, you'll find those mainly in, um, in Kenya, although uh, some farmers have planted it in Costa Rica, Colombia, and Ecuador. Uh, and it, they are excellent, a bit, a bit pricier, but for me, it's one of the most complex and, and balanced cup in the world. The SL28 gives you a very full body with some black currants uh, acidity. And the SL34 is kind of citric, clean, with some tomato um, note. Then uh, let's talk. Which one should we go to? Bur oh, Katura. After Bourbon, you have some um, some Katura, uh, which was I think I think I think muted. Uh, it's a Bourbon mutation. Uh, where I think it's in South America, if I'm not wrong. Uh, but Katura is really. A, uh, has a good medium acidity, low to medium body, uh, but a lot of milk, milk chocolate. Whenever uh, I want some milk chocolate, I go for for that katura, which is really uh, that sweetness of a, of a chocolate. Katura uh, then get breeded with um, with uh, Mundo Novo which is a, another mutation of Tipica this time uh, in Brazil, to give Katuai. And Katuai is very fruity and, and sweet. It's, a, it's, as I say, a breed between Katuai and Mundonovo. And Mundonovo being a mutation of Tipica, you have some of those inherent uh, fruity characteristics. So that's why I always love Katuai uh, varieties um, especially from Brazil, because they really give you both of the best world, the chocolatey kind of peanut buttery uh, cup from Katura, but also the, um, the fruitiness, the tropical uh, notes from a Mundo Novo. On that kind of line of Katuai, you also have uh, Kent, 
K7, Jackson, and a lot of a lot of other kind of words like that, which you'll find mostly in Tanzania. And as you guess, it's sort of a similar profile with a lot of um, chocolatey caramel notes and fruity notes, with an addition of some herbal tones as well in in Tanzania. Just some, not not a lot. Uh, then you have a Varedad Colombia. Uh, Varedad Colombia, which was uh, muted and uh, it's a species in, uh, sorry, it's a variety in Colombia, which is really caramel, chocolate, and cherry. For me, uh, those words are really like uh, the, the classic Colombian cup. Uh, we got the, um, previously, the, uh, uh, what is it called, the Gran Galope, and that's definitely that one. It's really the caramel, the cherry, and the chocolate. And that's when I know it's a, it's a great uh, round and, and balanced uh, Colombian, uh, Colombian coffee from Verdad Colombia. Pacas. Pacas is uh, super fruity. So Pacas is under kind of the bourbon, um, the bourbon, um, the bourbon tree sort of. And Pacas is, is still fruity and bright. With, with a deep, sweet, sweet note. So Pacas um, is also uh, from El Salvador. So it's, um, it's also a, a, a mutation of, uh, I think, of, of Bourbon. Yeah, it's a, a mutation of Bourbon in El Salvador. So you remember Bourbon was transported from uh, the Rhenan Island to, uh, to Latin America. I forgot exactly where. But then it went to El Salvador. When El Salvador, Bourbon mutated into pacas and pacas give you uh, all that bourbon characteristic along with a lot of fruitiness and brightness and when uh, pacas met uh, Gipe, it created the awesome pacamara and uh, the pacamara gives you a lot of for me it's one of the my favorite, one of my favorite varieties, a lot of sweetness, a very, very high sweetness, um, more into the caramel and candy side rather than the chocolate side. Uh, citrus fruit, you can find a lot of orange and grapefruits more than the lime and lemon of, let's say, Ethiopia. And you can get some floral characteristics. Now, when it comes to Pacamara um, and larger beans like uh, some AA Kenyan SLs, Etc. You also have to take into consideration that to roast those um, those beans, you'll need a little bit longer time. Why? Because they are bigger, so you have to make sure you, they are well developed. And if you don't, you may have some very broadly uh, vegetal notes. And when you have that, it's not a light roast; it's just a unroasted core. Uh, bean. So that's also like a, a little kind of tip if, you, if you're roasting at home. Um, if you have larger beans, they need more, more time to soak in. They need more, uh, more stretching to really have a well-round cup. That's why those large beans, those notes I just described, they also may due to the roasting process because you need to bring some heat. Do You need to uh, extended. For example, our Pacamara is like a medium or light to medium um, 
light to medium profile, there's no way I, I can roast alpacamara like an Ethiopian. It will be so brothy. I know because I, I try actually, um, but I had to extend a little bit more, 10 and 10 seconds more, 20 seconds more to define the, the correct balance. Okay, so that's about the Pacamara. And then um, we can talk a little bit more about some, some uh, hybrid between, um, between uh, Robusta and Arabica. Um, and the most kind of popular one is Catimor. Uh, Catimor is, you remember the Katura? Um, we, they, they breed it with Timor uh, and uh, it gives Catimor. So you have all the Katura characteristics of kind of chocolatey sweetness, but also some robusta notes. And usually they are earthy, kind of some spices and, and quite herbal. But they bring a very uh, thick and, uh, and heavy body. You also have Sarchimor, which is another hybrid of Timor uh, with uh, Villa Sarchi, uh, located and discovered first, not discovered, but I think grown first in um, Costa Rica. And uh, obviously other, like the Icafe uh, 90, uh, which are hybrids, you know, El Lempira, which are hybrids uh, that you can find in Honduras. And the, the idea was really to create leaf-resistant um, uh, varieties because it was uh, when you have leaf rusts in some, uh, or, or some like very, very, uh, very hot season or very cold season, um, it really uh, creates a lot of differences in the yield of, of every coffee and the economy of the coffee farmer. So the farmers need to um, take into consideration that um, those varieties that are more leaf resistant, rather than a geisha, for example, which is very susceptible uh, and but very delicate as well, which which also uh, explain why they can be a little bit uh, a little bit more uh, expensive. Whew, that was um, quite intense. Uh, I hope you've learned a little bit more about um, the varieties. I, I didn't go through the 150-ish uh, varieties in the coffee tree, just a handful, like 10, that you'll find mostly uh, the most popular one, sort of. Um, there's always always other uh, varieties like uh, like red bourbon, but you guessed it, it's like a bourbon who became red. I don't know. Um, no, it's just like a different uh, a different mutation of bourbon, uh, but and maybe yellow bourbon as well. But uh, all in all, uh, just to to summarize, um, the coffee variety has a huge impact on the uh, on the cup quality. And understanding how certain varieties taste like may help you better choose the coffee that you like. Uh, now, coffee is also changing all the time. And new varieties are getting uh, discovered and uh, new hybrids are getting, are, are getting created in order to optimize the, um, the coffee farming um, economy and the taste. And that's where we are moving towards to in the uh in the next decade i think but it's really important to know to wrap it up correctly that 50 percent of the coffee quality in your cup comes from the farmer that includes the um the varieties but also the processing which so that the processing is very very important between the variety and process 
and fermentation, sorry, which one affects the most the quality of the cup, that's very debatable. It's, uh, I, I cannot give you a percentage. I just know that a good half part of the cup quality or final cup quality of your coffee comes from a farmer. 20% from the roaster, 20% from the water that you're using, and only 10% will be your technique, your tools, uh, and your filter and ratios, etc., etc. So, focusing on the on the coffee, uh, on the green coffee for the roasters and the uh, correct roasted coffee um, when you purchase a bag of coffee is really really important. And the more information you have, the better. Uh, we're gonna have a little break on this series of the different attributes that impact your uh, flavor because you may think that oh, what about the um, environment what about the soil right well that's not a contributor to the flavor that's just a contributor to the health of a plant having more calcium or uh, potassium in your soil won't give you a citrusy or more chocolatey cup it will just prevent uh, the coffee to die, the coffee tree to die. So you remember how drying is just a quality check uh, for a correct fermentation uh, just before uh, sending it over to the roaster? Well, mm, soil management and organic farming are just a check, just a maintenance of the coffee tree uh, in order to produce the cherries that they are supposed to produce but the the tree itself the the soil itself it doesn't give any flavor it just uh, sustain and maintain a good health for uh, the plantation and that's where um the the word terroir comes up comes in and it's, it's a little bit blurry um where is it is it like something just about the soil is it about the environment and the place well, it's about all of that. It's about the tree you're using. It's about how the environment uh, engage with that tree, but it's also about the farming practices. So a terroir is not just, I'm just going to plant a, a coffee and, and do nothing. No, you need to sustain and maintain um, that plantation. And the way you ferment it, the way you process it, also change your identity and the, um, the, the, the characteristic of your farm. So that's what I call... Uh, I call terroir is really that that kind of farming uh, skill skill set that a farmer has and how he interacts with the nature. So it's really like a, a perfect balance between uh, between the soil, uh, the environment, and uh, and your own skill set. I hope you've learned something. It was very interesting, and uh, see you uh, next time. Bye.